and welcome to episode number 138 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And today's show is a little bit special. I mean, we're bad at marketing, so we didn't point out that yesterday was the three-year anniversary of the Random Thoughts Podcast. So uh, we don't have any anniversary donations because we're bad at marketing, but you can still get in right now. It's okay. We'll celebrate that for the next week or so. Time flies when you're having fun, they say. And we've certainly had some fun over the last three years. And of course, there have also been some trials and tribulations over the same period of time. The world going through a whole lot of weird things which is still a lot of the stuff in the news today when it comes to the origin of the COVID-19 virus. But it's a celebratory thing. Three years of random thoughts. I want to thank everybody who's been hanging with us for all that time, letting us bloviate into a microphone. Hopefully you've learned something along the way. Hopefully we told you something that you didn't know brought a different perspective to something and kind of made you go, hmm, because that's what we're doing here, I hope. But you never know. These podcasting things normally only last a few episodes. So the fact that we are now three years in is an accomplishment. There are millions of podcasts out there, but there's only tens of thousands that are updating on a regular basis at this time. But yesterday I celebrated. I left the house. Woo! I went out to get a haircut, which was uh, very much needed when you can pull your hair back into a ponytail that's a little too long. And I needed one last March and, of course, uh, have not had one since. So it went uh, over a year and a half. So it was time. Went out, got a haircut, had some lunch out at a little diner place. Then uh, went over to Aldi, got some food, walked through the grocery store. No mask for me or my wife. There were some people, still about half the people that were wearing the mask, but I was happy to see the sign right at the front of Aldi, which said, the CDC says you don't have to wear your mask anymore. And things are getting back to a certain semblance of normal, although you still see people in the car. We saw one woman who had two masks on while sitting in a car by herself. And I do believe this all comes down to, again, ignorance of how a virus spreads, no matter what virus it is, how a virus spreads and what you can do to mitigate your exposure to it. Wearing a mask is not one of those things. We talked about that on the last episode. If you missed it, go back and check that out, because I do believe that is. The main reason why the CDC has now said you don't have to wear a mask because they've admitted the virus is aerosolized, which means masks and social distancing do almost nothing to protect you from being infected. But hey, this is the science we're all told to believe. We're told that anybody that had been spreading the possibility that COVID-19 had escaped from a lab in Wuhan, China. Well, they were crazy conspiracy theorists. 
Donald Trump was one of those. What's one of the reasons why he was so dangerous? How dare you allow him to say things like that? This is why every message regarding COVID-19 on sites like Facebook and Twitter now automatically generate a message bringing you to more information about the virus and why you shouldn't believe half the stuff that you're reading. And the conspiracy theorist, maybe in this case, turned out to be, but we can't say they were right yet because we don't have enough data. But as data continues to come out, the theory that the virus came out of a lab in Wuhan is gaining more traction because it seems that we now know that there were three people, I believe, that worked in the lab in Wuhan that were treated in a hospital in November of 2019 for something. And, you know, most people, if you can put one and one together and get two, you could probably come to the conclusion that they were infected with this virus. And that was actually the patient zero. This is where this all started to spread throughout Wuhan and then throughout the world. Now, this lab in Wuhan is very interesting for a few reasons. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard by now that the National Institute of Health has funded some of the research going on in this lab in Wuhan, China. Now, of course, Dr. Fauci is the guy in charge over there at the National Institutes of Health. And he admitted as much yesterday that his group did fund the lab in Wuhan, though he claims they were not working on gain of function research, although there's a paper out of the lab where they were, where they thank Fauci and say that it was funded by that group, along with the number of the loan and everything that came or the grant, whatever it was that came out of Fauci's group that sent money to this lab in Wuhan. So the fact that we've been listening as a nation to Dr. Fauci for the last two years is something that's going to have to come under some fairly heavy scrutiny at this point because he may be one of the people behind unleashing this virus. And I believe it's unwillingly. I don't believe that they created this as a weapon and intentionally let it out, but I believe that they were doing research and something bad happened and the people doing the research got infected and a domino effect started but fauci's never been honest about this fauci's like the kid who is going to lie and say whatever he can to not have his parents punish him for something that happened even though you can't explain any other way why something happened ah, did you break that face no like a brady bunch episode where Fauci's one of the idiot Brady kids. And the intriguing thing comes down now, if we start looking even further 
into what actually happened. And we find out that under Donald Trump, the State Department, which was run by Mike Pompeo at the time, did in fact start an investigation to try to determine where the virus originated. Now, even though when Joe Biden was running for president against Donald Trump, he claimed that uh, Trump had, quote, rolled over for the Chinese and did not ask China to let the U.S. investigate the origins. I mean, Joe Biden promised us he would get to the bottom of this because Trump was an idiot. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. Joe Biden going to come in and figure out what go on. Well, the reality is the Trump State Department began an investigation into the origin of the COVID-19 virus. Joe Biden took office in his team. Guess what? They immediately shut down the investigation. So, so much for creepy commie Joe trying to get to the bottom of what actually happened here. And now it is very interesting to see the heavily liberal mainstream media coming around and admitting that maybe there was something to this whole origin story which is this is just another example of why you can't believe one damn thing you hear or see or read from the mainstream media because they will color every story to fit their narrative unless proven otherwise and quite often they'll cover up if there is proof going in the other direction but in this case it seems the proof may be large enough that it's forcing them to admit that they were maybe wrong and now a lot of conspiracy theory people seem to be the ones that were in the know the ones that had it right much like the people that were saying this was an aerosolized virus for a year and a half or so before the CDC finally came around and said, oh, wait a minute. Yes, this is aerosolized. And as an aerosolized virus, your mask and your social distancing are not doing anything to help you. But all of this stuff was conspiracy fuel. We heard for a long time that it was all those crazy Trumpers. And it turns out that Donald Trump was pretty much on the ball here in having questions about where this virus originated. The guy is alleged right hand man. I mean, we know they sparred a lot, but Donald Trump seemingly trusted Fauci. That might have been his big mistake. Trusted Fauci to be the point man on this. And if this is actually the reality of what happened is that a lab in Wuhan that was receiving funding from Dr. Fauci's group was the one that was doing research. Something bad happened and this got out. Well, it kind of seems like Fauci may have been doing nothing but a cover up for the last year and a half. I mean, the media darling Fauci. I mean, remember Brad Pitt for the love of Pete played him on Saturday Night Live and everybody on the left was like, woohoo, this is so great. Yeah, it seems like Fauci might be the whole architect 
of what ended up happening and ruining the economy, ruining the business for all these people in the entertainment industry, all these musicians who haven't been able to go out and play, all of these actors and actresses who haven't been able to be out working because of it. Yeah, but everybody, let's praise Fauci. Let's praise the guy that funded the research. And I'm not even saying funding the research was the bad thing, but this would lead me to believe that he knew a lot more before anybody else did. And let's remember early on, Fauci said, do not wear masks. They're not doing any help. It might stop a droplet, he said. But no, then he changed and told everybody to wear masks. And I do still go along with the concept that the masks were nothing more than a placebo to make people feel safer, even though they were doing or are doing absolutely nothing to keep you from either spreading or contracting a virus. If masks were magic and they actually blocked the virus, then explain to me why so many people who were vehemently wearing masks or double masking or triple masking, why they got the virus. It's magic, huh? Or maybe you're just not admitting the science like those folks in their car with two or three masks on, even though nobody else is in their vehicle. But there are a lot of questions that still need to be answered about this virus. Dr. Fauci, I think, has a lot to answer for. And I'm not sure if the current state of the media and the current state of the political system in the United States is going to be able to get honest answers to these questions. I certainly wouldn't expect them. So I don't know where the world goes from here when it comes to trying to find the origin of this, place blame if there is any, and uncover the cover ups. But we will, of course, continue to follow this as new things do, in fact, come to light. But it was nice to be able to go out and get a haircut. I mean, now I can wash and dry my hair in seconds, what's left of it, which is a nice thing. And it's always good to talk to my barber, Bill, because he is right on board with politics and the crazy things going on in the world. And it's been a year and a half or so. It was before COVID the last time I was in there. So this was before the presidential election and all that. And a lot of the topics that he brought up were right out of the Random Thoughts podcast, which I don't think he listens because he was asking why I wasn't doing any YouTube videos recently. I'm like, well, I look like crap because I needed a haircut. But he was all in on. He's like, oh, you have to see this video. Did you see Bill and Melinda Gates talking about how they need a vaccine to control the population? I'm like, yep, well aware of that. Oh, about this build back better new world order stuff. Yep, well aware of that. Going up and down the line. So that was always a plus that knowing that there are people out there who are on top of this stuff, who are doing the homework, who are getting further than just the mainstream media to get their information. Why anybody would not, I understand being lazy, but you only get one life, you only get one time around. You should do whatever you can to make that one life 
something that is worth living. Live it to the best you can. Have as much knowledge as you can. And don't let the fact that you're ignorant of something cause you massive pain, whether it's something in a health manner, whether it's something in a financial manner. I mean, I know there's a lot of people throwing money into cryptocurrencies right now, and they're jumping up and down like a ping pong ball. So, yeah, there's money to be made, but there is also money to be lost. Now, speaking of losing your money, you could do that by going to a Disney theme park. And this is something that I didn't want to talk about. Then I saw it covered everywhere, which just got me very disheartened. And I know this seems absolutely moronic for me to be talking about something because I'm disheartened hearing about it everywhere because I, yeah, I know. I shouldn't even be talking about this, but the fact that I've seen this in multiple major news outlets and then Bill O'Reilly talked about it. And I know people love when I bring up Bill O'Reilly, but O'Reilly has been very anti-Disney over the last year or so because Disney owns ABC. ABC runs shows like The View, which have some very vile, hating people on it who spread a lot of vile hatred, and Disney seems to love it. Disney is one of the worst companies, I believe, in the country, and I was a big Disney fan at one point, still like Mickey Mouse, but the company as it is, is kind of evil. But the story that even O'Reilly picked up on, and I'm like, dude, don't you understand? And I know, I understand the irony of covering this story and then complaining that it's nothing more than a native ad that everybody else fell into the lunacy of talking about it. So, yes, I get it. I understand it. And it made me upset. And me talking about it also helps Disney, I'm sure. But I thank you for indulging me in this one. But the story, you've probably seen it somewhere, which is why I figured I can't do any more harm. I can't give Disney any more publicity because I think everybody's heard about the hundred dollar sandwich in Disneyland's. The restaurant is the PYM PYM test kitchen, and they have a sandwich called a Pimini. Get it? It's a panini, but for the PIM test kitchen, it's a Pimini. And I've seen this covered everywhere with the headline. Disney comes out with a hundred dollar sandwich. O'Reilly covered it that way, although he did give the information that makes this story to me a non story that should have never been covered anyway, because this is just a menu item at a restaurant. And I don't know, I've never seen any menu item at my local restaurant being covered, although I have seen similar things at ballparks and venues like that covered in the past. And again, they do these things in order for the news media to talk about it, to get the publicity, to get people excited at Sox Park, which I've been to one game in the last uh, four or five years. At one point, they had a pretzel that was like 
20 bucks, but it could feed like five people easily. And it came with like four big dipping sauces and that because it was the size of like a 12 or 14 inch pizza. Well, that was the size of the pretzel. It was a super huge pretzel. And that's what none of the headlines get across when anybody's just scanning a headline and they see, oh, Disneyland has a hundred dollar sandwich. Well, the sandwich is listed in the title of the sandwich on the menu that they're pulling this from where people are pretending to be outraged by the hundred dollar sandwich. It says family sized pimini. The normal pimini, the normal size one is available for $14 and 49 cents. And that whatever comes with the sandwich comes with the sandwich. But if you've been to Disney or any ballpark around the country, a $15 sandwich is really not expensive. Now, the $100 sandwich, the lead that gets buried is right there in the description. I mean, if you want to know what the sandwich is, I mean, I'll make you hungry because it actually sounds good. It uh, comes with salami, rosemary ham, provolone, and sun-dried tomato spread on a toasted focaccia bread. And it comes with some marinara for dipping and arugula salad. Now, that $100 sandwich, it is listed as being able to feed between six to eight people. So you go, you look at the fact that the individual size one for $14.49, or you can get one to feed six to eight people for 100 bucks. And if you just want to go the easy route and go six people, well, six people goes into 100. How many times, kids, can you use your common core math skills? Yeah, if you go the six route, I mean, we'll even be a little more critical. We'll say six portions rather than eight, $16.67. We'll round up, to be fair. But not a crazy amount. It's not a $100 sandwich meant for one person. And I have seen restaurants that do stuff like that, that use gold flake and stuff like that. But the lead that's getting buried when you're just a headline reader is, this isn't a normal size sandwich. This is not something meant for one person. This is something meant for between six to eight people. Thus, it is a non-story that I can't understand why I'm seeing it everywhere. And yes, irony again, that's why I'm talking about it. But I'm not talking about the sandwich. I'm not mad about the sandwich. I think the sandwich is probably delightful. I am upset how the media covers this kind of insanity and spits information at you and at me that technically is correct, but it is done in such a way to give you an emotional reaction, which is utter BS. It's creating a story that's not there. It is forcing something into a narrative that may not be there. And in this case, they want you to believe that it's an overpriced, overindulgent thing when it's just a big sandwich. So don't just read headlines. It is the absolute worst thing you can do is to just read the headlines of a story. Most of the time, the headlines aren't written by the person who wrote the story. The news media at this point also has major problems. When you look at a lot of the stories, on mainstream news sites, it's not uncommon to see two, 
three, four or more authors listed on a single story. And I don't know exactly how that works, but there is a lot of room for error. Too many cooks spoil the something or other. There's an old saying. And in this case, absolutely true. That's one of the reasons I like doing this show. It's just me and my insanity. The voices in my head. There's only one chef that is bringing this beautiful roux to you. The roux about the ruses, I guess, in a lot of times talking about the media. And we do appreciate everybody who has been hanging out with us over the last three years here on the Random Thoughts podcast. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there. We don't charge you anything. There's no cost up front. There's no paywall anywhere. There's no walled garden. And you decide if you've been listening to this show and you got some value out of it, you put a number on it. You tell me what it is and you can go over to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. And you can click the donate button and do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use one of the QR codes to do a Bitcoin Cardano or Ethereum transfer over to me. You can use the P.O. box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And it's quite easy to go into your online checking account and set up a one time or monthly payment there as well. Just send it to the P.O. box. And that way, nobody takes a percentage in the middle. So that is actually preferred. And our podcast is now totally podcast 2.0 compliant, something that Adam Curry, the podfather, and Dave Jones have been working on vehemently over the past few months. They have added now a few things to podcasting, the ability to do chapters. If you're using an app that has chapters in them, you'll notice our show has chapters. If you want to skip right back or skip to any part of the show, you can do that. A lot of shows can add transcripts. We have not done that with regularity as of yet. But you can also add, which we have, a value tag, which is if you're using a podcast app that has this enabled, and there's only a handful of them right now, but you can find out which apps have this ability by going to newpodcastapps.com. You'll find a list of which podcasting apps allow you to see the transcripts, see chapters, and take part with the value tag, which is a revolutionary idea because it allows you to stream value right back to your favorite podcast while you're listening to them. You can set an amount per second or per minute that you want to set, and you can boost something. So if you th- somebody says something right now, you thought, hey, that was great. You can hit the little boost button and send some extra crypto their way. They're working out a lot of the kinks. There's a multi-step procedure to get a lot of these things going right now because you need to get a crypto wallet and buy some cryptocurrency and transfer it in. That's all being worked out. But within the next few months, you'll be able to quite easily, I believe, get into one of these apps, just link a bank account or a credit card or a PayPal account and be able to easily share value with the shows that you enjoy that have this set up. It's something I think everybody should check out just so you know what's going on, where podcasting is going, and that there is work being done to try to make podcasting completely decentralized. 
for podcasters not to have to fear about being deplatformed, about worrying about being demonetized. A lot of work is going into this to make sure that people that want to podcast and get their word out there to the general public are able to do so, even though we know that there's a lot of people who would rather all shows that they disagree with be silenced, that all shows have to be moderated, that just like you get those special tags on all those COVID-19 posts, as we discussed on Facebook and Twitter, there are people that want that kind of stuff on every podcast. They're like, oh, this guy might be saying some dangerous things. Be careful. And then you find out that a lot of those dangerous conspiracy nuts are the ones that have been right all along. And that's what we hope that we've been bringing you here on the Random Thoughts podcast. Yeah, we didn't have anybody donating this week for our big three-year special. So, I mean, hey, do me a favor. If you're using one of those podcasting 2.0 apps, boost, boost, boost. And if not, go over to randomthoughts.com slash donate and show us what kind of value this show brings to you. We do appreciate everybody for listening, for giving us your time. We know there is a lot of things you can be doing with your time. And the fact that you're spending these half hour or hour every week with us here on the Random Thoughts Podcast, it is very much appreciated. Reach out. Let us know what you think. We are on Twitter. I know the cesspool. Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. On Mastodon is Darren O'Neill at noagendasocial.com. And you can email at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. I will be back next Wednesday for another fun and exciting episode. I hope you can join me then. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. These are my last few words. Thanks for listening. 